All right, it's Bam Smith back with the Crash Culture Podcast show. It's been a long time coming. Today is a special day. Today is a special episode in the Crash Culture Podcast show because it is the first episode of season two. Season one went off without a hitch. I think I liked it. And, you know, I got better and better as time went on. And so did my guests. Um, Today I have on Sherrod Johnson, General Sky, as you all guys know. What's up, man? From previous episodes and whatnot, this is a long-time friend of mine. And, um, you know, uh, you want to tell him a little bit about yourself or should I tell him your credentials? Matter of fact, let me tell him your credentials because I have a better speaking voice, as you know, and I can present things very well. Sherrod Johnson graduated Louisiana Lafayette with a bachelor's in criminal justice and behavior science and played defensive tackle for... Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajun sounds like hemorrhoids, I know. For, what was it, three seasons, four seasons, however long it took you to get that bachelor's. Sherrod also is an inspiring NFL player, wants to play defensive lineman for the sorry-ass Cowboys, but that's another story. You know, we know how we feel about He's very qualified when it comes to talking about sports, anything except for basketball. He can give you a very accurate critique, and because of his experience in school he can also give you insight to the psychology of people that's one of the reasons why i have him come on often i'm pretty sure a lot of people are wondering that that listen to the podcast but now you know and you already know who i am if you don't know then why are you listening so i'm gonna make my thoughts clear simple and plain of why what are the differences in the old school era and the new school era to me the difference is the main thing was physicality you know physicality in the old school era in sports you can go from basketball to football to soccer to anywhere those guys had more grit they had more determination you know um a foul wasn't a foul in basketball unless you saw blood you know in football uh all of this rules that they made to protect quarterbacks and all that stuff it was basically non-existent then they could basically physically assault you and get away with it. And in baseball, since it's really, it, it, I mean, it was like a little bit more chippiness to them. They would get in fights faster. Uh, soccer, it was the same thing, like compared to football. Like you can slide and kick a motherfucker and they got to get back up and keep it pushing. You know, it was just officiated differently. You know, a lot of sports back in those times, they didn't care as much about money and ticket sales and and viewership and all of these other you know sports politics when it comes to getting money and, and and keeping that that revenue generating or rolling over as compared to back then they they you know nowadays they only care about the money the owners only care about the money the commissioners only care about the money you know so if there's anything that conflicts with that or goes against that you know they can't have it capital capital it's basically capitalism, capitalism because capitalizing off of the industry the profits the the whatever corporation whatever company like the NBA is a company a lot yeah. of people forget NFL MLB all of those are companies um it's just World Cup is a company you know all of these organizations that give out these championships and then not only that 
because we know the owners are playing the players, but at the same time, the players, when their name gets big enough, you see what I'm uh, saying? They get sponsorships. And they become a company. Exactly. So yeah. when it comes in... If you look at the old generation, Michael Jordan, you can say Michael Jordan was the first. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm He was the first to become his own company. His own brand, a global brand. You Not just his own company, but a global brand. So they had big guys out there. Yeah, they did. But I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, but it's more spread out now into mm-hmm. this generation. Yeah. And it's more athletes with global brands. Exactly. Like Kobe had a global brand. So LeBron has a global brand. Whenever you think of it like that, you put it in all you put in all aspects of the game and then you bring in the rules and then the the uh the type of the level of uh the the level of the players that what they coming from because nowadays you won't see athletes coming out of high school now. They're more coming out of college so they have that extra level you see what I'm saying if you look at LeBron James can't stop bringing him up like I said okay another point that you brought up that you made me think about something else when it came to the difference in the eras was um competitiveness winning the need to win the need to win. Matter of fact, we're going to cover, uh, since you want to keep bringing up LeBron James, we're going to make our points known about why I feel like Jordan is the GOAT and why he feel like LeBron is the GOAT. Let him let, let him explain to y'all why he feel like LeBron James is the GOAT. Since he can't stop bringing him up, why is LeBron James the GOAT, Sherrod, in your book and your, you know, according to you? Why is LeBron James the GOAT? Come for on, me boy. personally, is for me for me personally. Why LeBron James is a goat? It it's beyond what he does in no, the game. Basketball, stick to basketball. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, it's it's beyond what he does in the game. Mm-hmm. It goes way beyond that for anybody to look at somebody as a goat. Mm, you I don't think so. I don't think so. And Go ahead. but for me. If I look at LeBron numbers and every and and this is what I this is what I tend to bring up. Okay. So LeBron they say LeBron James has not played against Jordan, but at the same time LeBron James has played against Jordan. Mm-hmm. Simply why I say that is the key factor of Kobe Bryant building every aspect of the game that he plays and loves off the you basically saying business that of Kobe's a, a carbon copy of Michael, and you can see them too. Exactly. Okay. And as Joe showed me the other day, mm-hmm. um, we was looking at who won more games in a head-to-head combat. Kobe or Kobe or, or Michael? No, Kobe or LeBron. <laughs> It was Kobe and Michael as well. It was yeah, Kobe, Kobe and, and Michael. Kobe but had Kobe more. And Kobe had beat more Michael wins, Jordan more wins than Michael, but he faced Michael at the end of his career. And then there was LeBron Kobe playing won. LeBron, and LeBron, and LeBron more. had more wins against Kobe because mm-hmm. he was on the decline in his career when he played him. But, but he was still winning championships. He was still winning championships. So, but you remember most of most of Kobe wins, like we saw, came in the beginning of their first couple meetings, their first couple seasons. Remember. 
remember, LeBron was in the East, Kobe was in the West. Yeah. They didn't play each other that much the first they couple didn't. seasons. They Kobe didn't. was entering, he was entering his twilight years when they started playing each other. And LeBron, of course, was, is entering his prime. You remember? He was entering his yeah. prime when he went to Miami and all of that. So, but all that being said, we're talking about a guy that has played both generations. Who? Kobe. Kobe and yeah. he has played in both generations. Uh-huh. So me taking it as that was another thought that came to That's me. That's why like, you feel like LeBron is the go-to because he can beat Kobe. He, if and he beat Kobe, Kobe was a copy. and he was a he was a clone copy oh, of Michael Jordan. But nah, that, for almost every step of the game. You, feel. I, you see okay. what I'm saying? That's one reason he had, feel like he, and he everybody go. talks about right. the uh Mamba, the Mamba reason. mentality. No, let's not go into much into Kobe. You need more than one reason why you feel like he's the go. So also, you say because he can beat Kobe and because Kobe's a copy beat, of Michael. It's not because he can beat it's because he has beat Kobe. Okay, because he beat him one time, whatever. He was a copy of Michael. And okay, then there is the stat numbers. Uh-huh. I'm not going into accolades because as simple as Michael. What are we going into? Per game stats or career, career numbers? Stats. Career stats. Career we, stats. You can't use that career Why not? Stat. Well, use those career stats, but remember, keep this in mind. And like I said, I'm gonna um, career for career. That's what that is. Well, you, you go see, ahead that, and I'll make my point. I'll make my point. Career for career doesn't matter how, the longevity of the career. Mm-hmm. The name, the the word career simply states Just how what, long they've the been stats? playing. What's the stats? You see what I'm saying? Like his stats. I feel LeBron James numbers is better, and it shows. Okay, career you know wise. All right. Yeah. All right. What the else? The only difference is that everybody I hear about says why. Michael Jordan is the goat is because of accolades. You go to you go into any argument with any Michael Jordan fan, be there being the older heads. You know what I'm saying? Especially my dad. Well, my you, dad you, is. A, you're making your case for why LeBron yeah. is the goat. You got to stick to your, your case. Don't get into Jordan. I'm gonna make my point clear. But go ahead, finish. What I'm you, doing. You said accolades, accolades. No, not career career numbers. Yeah. You said career numbers. You say he beat uh, Kobe head to head. What else? What's the next point? My next point. Uh huh. Simply that he does what he needs to do in the games, developing. Um, his, his teammates, his, not only his teammates, but himself in the prospect in okay. the process. So he he makes other players better as well as making himself exactly. better on the basketball court. And, okay, and it might be different positions that they play, mm-hmm. but LeBron James himself works on his game simply because we have established the fact that mm-hmm. in 2014 was it mm-hmm. that he wasn't a three point shooter, but because he got his ass handed to him, by you the know Spurs. what I'm saying by the Five, the five man Spurs. Mm, you see what I'm I saying? About five men, but go ahead. Come on, Joe. Man, go ahead, man. Finish <laughs> making your point about the man. This man. man faced these Spurs twice and improved this game. And improved this game yeah. because he couldn't handle another loss to the Spurs. Okay. You see what I'm saying? All right. So that was your four, your four points. And, What's your five? What's your then, You get five. And then on top of that. Mm-hmm. To seal everything for me, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? Because I know he was a goat in basketball, period. Uh-huh. But it's everything else that he does on the outside. Off court accolades. His his. It's not even accolades. Humanitarian. Does. Exactly. Humanitarian work. The things he do for the people of his city and his community, mm-hmm. and then he gives back consistently. Okay. You know All what right. I'm saying? Pretty good five points. So you say head to head, he beat Michael's copy, and if he beat Michael's copy, he can beat Michael. You said um, 
career numbers, his career stats. Okay, that's another reason. And then you said also that he makes players better as well as himself. Every team he has gone to, he makes every player better. Okay, and as well as himself, he he works on himself tirelessly. And then you said his off-court humanitarian work. Well, that is good job of making your point, but I'm going to tell you why that is complete and utter bullshit. All of it is bullshit. Number one, the reason why I feel like Michael Jordan is the GOAT is because of career numbers, okay? We're going to go career statistics, but we're going to do this. We're going to say a a better comparison, or not even compare them. We're going to go per game. Michael Jordan has more steals per game, more blocks per game, more scoring per game, okay? The reason why you can't put their career numbers in a vacuum, Jordan retired twice. Jordan went to baseball for 18 months, and then after that, Jordan retired, was forced to retire, as we learned from the Jordan documentary, because the owner and GM, Jerry Krause, didn't want Phil Jackson back. He didn't want the one of the best coaches, if not the best coach in the NBA of all time, to coach the best team and best player of all time in the NBA. And Jordan was like, what are you doing? You're trying to destroy, you're trying to cut off my hand and expect me to dominate. You're trying to cut off both my hands and expect me to dominate. They didn't want to pay Scotty or none of that. So that's number one. You can't put them in a vacuum and compare statistics. It's, unless you're doing per game, for versus per game, it's it's like a, a doing stuff without context. It's okay. a mute point. Okay. So points per game. I'm telling Jordan, you, it's going to be Jordan. Jordan averages thirty point one. LeBron averages twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Rebounds per game. LeBron's going to get rebounds and assists off rip. Yeah. But when you put that in the context of LeBron's position, LeBron's position is small forward. By virtue of his position, he's supposed to get more rebounds. The only thing that LeBron is an anomaly on is assists because point fours or big guys don't really get assists. But then again, you have Magic Johnson, who was 6'9". So LeBron may have been playing out of position his whole entire career. LeBron may have been a point guard his whole entire career, and they put him at small forward because that was his height that was his size. Magic Johnson was a point guard and he was 6'9 and they just put him at his correct position because they had bigger guys on the team. They had big guys like uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, James Ward. They had other big tall players that they could put around him so they didn't necessarily need him to play one of those other positions. But go ahead. LeBron James field goal percentage. Is a better field goal percentage because LeBron takes more attempts closer to the rim. LeBron James three-point percentage. LeBron James is playing in an era where the three-pointer is emphasized and Jordan was not. And And his three-point percentage is not that much more better than Jordan's. Now, I want you to explain why LeBron James has a a significantly lower free-throw percentage, okay? That's something that he needed to then improve upon his game. Explain to me why Jordan has a higher free throw percentage than LeBron. But, you know, we can put that in the context of Jordan's a guard and LeBron's a forward, okay? Total games they've played. You, That's a career achievement. That yeah. speaks to longevity. Longevity-wise, uh, LeBron beats anybody hands down at longevity. He's going to probably play for 20-plus years. He's probably going to get number one in points all time by virtue of him playing for so long and him playing at uh, that that optimum prime level performance that he's always played at but prime for prime best player for best player Jordan has his prime was significantly higher 
than anybody else that has ever played the game of basketball. That's number, like I said, number one, career stats. That's my career stats. Like I said, you, you can argue with me all day. I already did the research. I already know the numbers. Um, LeBron James leads Jordan in two categories. So true shooting percentage. Yeah, what about it? That's them analytics, them NBA analytics. Mm, Don't get it. The traditional statistics, the traditional statistics, like I said, by traditional statistics, Jordan's going to lead LeBron in every category. And if you want to look at analytics, look at PER. Look at PER. Look at that PER. Jordan has the highest PER of all time. That rates their overall statistics. Their overall statistics, Jordan has the highest PER of all time, if you want to get into analytics. But like I say, that's statistics. Now let's go down to accolades. We all know what Jordan did in the NBA Finals. We all know what he did in the regular season. We all knew what type of player he was defensively. Do I even need to get in there? Okay, I'll get into that. Jordan, five MVPs, regular season MVPs, six championships with six Finals MVPs, and then not to mention a Defensive Player of the Year, Accolades. ten scoring titles, and nine-time All Defense. That's the only thing people can use. Again. All right, because his accolades is so amazing that nobody else has done it like that. You can, you feel accolades. me? Okay, nobody else has done it like that. Now you got other guys like Robert Ory who won seven championships. You got other guys like. Or Bill Russell, who won 11 or 12 or 13 or whatever. You even got guys like Kareem that won six championships. Oh, wow. they can't be the goal. Because they have lost in the NBA Finals as well as won. And not only to mention that, Bill Russell played an era where there was eight teams. It's easier to win a game, uh, win a championship against eight teams. Okay? So you, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And then he, not only that, he was a big. He played a position in which you have to, the guy has to pass the ball to you in order for you to score. If your point guard don't pass the ball to you, you're not going to score. And, and mind you, Bill Russell wasn't a great scorer. And he played on one of the best teams, one of the best organizations, if not the best organization in the NBA to ever exist, next to the L.A. Lakers. And the other guy that you're going to mention, Kareem, played on the other oh, best organization to ever exist. Both those two teams together have played half the championships ever played in the fucking NBA. He was jogging through a neighborhood, seeing an empty house that was construction being done on it, entered it, looked around. Then I guess he got spooked or whatever. Then he tried. He ran off. Uh, one of the citizens or one of the, the, the people from the neighborhood must have saw him enter. And which if you see the video footage, it's kind of awkward to me, like somebody would be sitting outside, be like watching the neighborhood like what is what was the guy neighborhood watch or something like that or did he just see a black guy running through the neighborhood mm-hmm. and you, you know you feel me like uh george zimmerman just cased him and, and watched him and oh he went and, oh somebody's doing construction on the house mm. oh that's an abandoned oh why did he walk in there you know it just being nosy we yeah. used to call that being nosy back in the day people don't know how to mind their business okay mind your goddamn business that's the goddamn thing about it we don't mind money but that's neither here nor there and the thing about these types of cases and these types of issues is there is a pattern culturally or in america i just think it's just a pattern that everybody does the black community gets mad marches rallies uh post about it on social media, talk about it nonstop for about the first month, okay? They try to get a lawyer to get money from, uh, uh, for the family, for the, the family, uh, the victim's family. And then after that, 
uh, it kind of falls off. It kind of falls at the wayside because the media brings up another distraction or another case. Because when you think about it, this has happened February 23rd, and we just hearing about it as recent as what? This month? Yeah, about yeah, about early this month. April, April, yeah. What last month? April, mm-hmm. the end of April, beginning of May. We just not hearing about this, and this happened in February. Yeah, two months apart, and they're just now getting arrested. The father and son that fatally shot the young black man. They're just not getting arrested because everybody's making it out. They're making it to be something big now with their social justice and you know, whatnot. But you know what's so crazy about it? I think that even if none of that happened these guys would have been able to live comfortable lives because it's just like the George Zimmerman case yeah. where George Zimmerman he obviously did it obviously killed that but yeah. obviously had no reason trying to do to it trying to play security with malicious intent mm-hmm. because later on why would you sell the gun to an obvious racist posed with skittle rappers and all of that stuff and he showed violent behavior after that case constantly you know but that's like I said that's neither here nor there you know uh Innocent to proven guilty, but fuck that. If you ask me, he's an asshole, and he did that shit to that little boy, and he deserved to rot in prison for the rest of his life, just like these two guys. I mean, I'm not gonna be politically correct. I'm gonna call it spade a spade. They saw a black man jogging through the neighborhood, got scared, uh, called the police. When they seen the police wasn't coming fast enough, they took street justice into their own hands and killed the boy. It doesn't matter what excuse you try to come up with or fathom, which the other side of America. Oh, he walked inside an abandoned house. Oh, what was he doing there? Why was why would he do that? A lot of people walk inside abandoned houses all the time. Down here in Florida, we call it bandos. Bandos. People be trapping out of the bando. Just ask the Migos. (laughs) You know, so it is ridiculous to make these claims that, oh, because he walked in that house and there was nothing in there and he looked around, that should be a death sentence. Question, Rashad. Do you think that uh, if we flip the scripts and that had been a white guy jogging through the neighborhood and that had been a black guy, you know, those uh, black father and son that did what the McMichaels did to Ahmaud Aubrey. Do you think that this case would have been going in the same way that it's going, like as a, as opposed to like it's taking this long for justice to be done? Do you think it would have took this long for justice to be done? Not, Do you think it would have been took this long for them to even been arrested? <laughs> no, sir. A lot of people in America, generally white America, mm-hmm comes up with these types of escape goats or excuses, you know, in the media. Why do you think the media pushes that narrative? They released that, I believe, they released that footage later on on purpose. They've been had both footage. Yeah. But they released that other one later on on purpose. They released the first one to get the shock out of the way. Mm-hmm. And it's the reason why they took so long to even release the first one. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's all... Like mental warfare It's all media warfare The way they play these games With releasing footage Or releasing facts Or releasing information And delaying it When they release it And not putting it all out there mm-hmm. I wouldn't say warfare I would say it's, I would say Simply because It's the white man That's running the media So it couldn't be warfare well, What do you like, well, Say what you're saying now again I wouldn't put it as warfare mm-hmm. be simply because it's the white man's outlet. It's their media. They're the ones that's in power to release whatever they want, whenever they want. Okay. So it couldn't be warfare. Why couldn't it be warfare? Because they're not fighting against other white people. Okay, this is my thing. When I say warfare, you got to understand that there's a bunch of different versions of warfare. There can be lyrical warfare. There can be spiritual warfare. There can be mental warfare. There can be be 
uh, political warfare. It could be in all different types of forms. It's just the word war. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Conflict. That's what I'm the saying. The only conflict they would be in is a conflict it? of interest. With the. That's with, what I'm talking about that they have. With the. Uh, the. Minorities. That's what I'm saying. They have a conflict of interest. They don't have they. Their conflict of interest is if they put out all of that information all at once, and people have all of the facts on time, right as they get it, and they release all the information. Then now all of a sudden people can make accurate judgments or accurate decisions based on those judgments, and they could argue strictly the facts or strictly the evidence as they have it all at once. That's what I'm saying. So releasing it and delaying that release is probably from, I'm speculating this now, a conflict of interest, but the media has always had conflicts of interest in which they release facts or information delayed, or they sometimes change it, or they spin it, or they put like a headline that's going to get everybody's attention. But when you actually see the story or see the case, it's opposite of that headline. So the media plays all those types of games and all those types of tricks. And it's just like the art of war. Mm-hmm. That's a part of one of the arts of war that Kim Jong-un dictators use like that. And Hitler uses. If you can control the media or if you can discredit the media if they're being truthful, then essentially you have the minds of the people. You have control. You have mind control over these people. That's one of the reasons why I say people do these trends. They do these types of behavior where it's a knee-jerk reaction as soon as they get some information. They up in arms, the black community specifically when it comes to uh, unjust killings and police brutality. Yes. We get up in arms and we get mad about it. And then after a while, it dies down because they're playing these types of games. Um, Speaking of that, Sean Reed is the name of the young man that was fatally shot on Facebook Live. And the officers joked about him having a closed casket after they killed him. Um, it goes back to what I'm saying, how this country tries to control the narrative with the media of black people getting shot or murdered. And um, when they release the information or when they release the evidence. But at the same time, he was on Facebook Live, so... You know, they had no control of when that information was going to be released. Yeah. Whoever was watching, seen it live. Saw and heard it, too. And saw and heard it live. Um, the young man, let's be clear, was wrong for running from police. Let's be clear about that. Yeah, let's be honest about that. Uh, that's obvious, okay? Yeah. He was wrong for running from police. But it's still, again, not a death sentence. It isn't. Okay? It there isn't. have been plenty of people... That have done worse, have literally killed people on the road running from police, and the police not have killed them. True. Okay, so let's not over here try and pretend like, oh, yeah, he was running. See, he was riding dirty. Of course they had to kill him. They had to put him down. No, that just goes back to that old slavery mentality that, oh, we got to put that nigga down. He is a threat. He is an obvious threat. And anything that he does can and will be used against him Mm. to murder him, to kill him. Okay. Um, and the most grotesque part about it was the joke, the officer joking and laughing at in the Facebook video after they killed him. OK, that just shows you and reinforces uh, that America hasn't really changed as much as we've 
coming to a new generation with all of this technology, with all of the uh, bullshit that we have politically. A lot of people yeah. try to make it seem like, you know, we have so many advances. We This community has rights. That community has rights. But yet and still, the black community has. still gets their rights abused constantly, repeatedly. Yes. So how you around here trying to give rights to this, that, and the third and tell people uh, how much better you're making the country again, but at the same time, the people who have been the most oppressed in this country continue still to be oppressed and continue still to be brutalized. A lot of people try to point to that argument about black-on-black crime oh, yeah. to try to discredit the discredit argument of credit. police brutality. Yes, sir. Because they're trying to find reasons to shoot that under the rug. Mm-hmm. Because... They say, oh, discredit means. Yeah. They saying police brutality should be less equivalent to a a black on black murder, which we know in the hood. A reason a black man go after a next black man is because of two reasons. It's either reason one, maybe he was OB. OB means out of bounds. He was a he was he was a scrub, he was a buster. Or two. Well, I saw he just was in the wrong, wrong color. Yeah. Or two, you were in the wrong color. You know what I'm saying? It's, uh, more, it's more complicated it's, than it's, that. It's, but. It's, it's more complicated, but I mean, just that, that, that it's don't give it the reasons to do it, the things they do. Let me give you some context. Let me give some context to what you were saying. What you're saying is basically, you said the same point twice. Somebody being out of the, in the wrong neighborhood or wearing the wrong color is the same thing. Okay. Because if you have the wrong color in your neighborhood, you can't be in the wrong neighborhood. Okay. If you're in the wrong neighborhood, you're just in the wrong neighborhood in general. Okay. And those, all of these boundaries and these borders that uh, gang culture has created in the black community are imaginary. Because none of these, none of, Nobody in the gang culture owns none of these blocks, owns none of these neighborhoods, none of these cities. Probably most of them don't even own the houses that they live in. Okay, so to say what area somebody can and cannot go to is wrong. Now, if you want to have pride in your community, there are more positive, constructive ways to have pride in your community. That ain't one of them. But a lot of us do it and push it because that's what we were. That's what we inherited. From my ancestors, we inherited the Crips and the Bloods because they came up with it initially to protect the communities. We inherited gang culture after that because that was a way of protection. Does anybody say anything about the Italian Mafia? The Italian Mafia, everybody loves them. The Russian Mafia, everybody loves them. Everybody gives them high marks for what they do. The Yakuza, everybody gives them high marks for what they do for their communities because they do gang on a high level of organized crime, but yet and still, it's still a gang. The reason why people try to point to the Crips and Bloods is because they're black. they're black. And their culture is somewhat considered cool to you. To a lot of people, it's cool to be an Italian mobster and whatnot, mm-hmm. but you'll never be one of them unless you're Italian. That's the thing you got to understand. Yeah. Everybody feel like they can be a Crip or they feel like they can be a Blood because... Those types of gang cultures, the thing about it, they'll let you in. It don't matter who you is as long as you're from the neighborhood and as long as you down. Yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? And you connect with the right people. That's true. With the mafia type, mafiosos, no, they build out. Not, you got to be from that family. You have to have a family member. Yeah. Somebody uh, that's in the family has to vouch for you. That's basically the meats of how those things work. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why when people look at 
gang culture in the black community, urban gang culture more specific, is looked down upon as opposed to another gang culture. But like I said, the issue is more complex than just that. The issue has so many different factors to factor in. You can factor in the crack epidemic. You can factor in um, redlining where they force people, black, black families, to stay in inner city communities that were already bad and already you know, going downward, we're already being devalued by not giving them home loans. They can have a nice job. A black man can have a nice job and his wife can have a nice job. They can have the money saved up to put down on the house and that bank wouldn't give them a loan strictly because they were black. A lot of people don't know about redlining. A lot of people don't know about mandatory minimums where black guys, sometimes first offenders, would get the maximum sentence as mandatory to curb, to try and curb crime. A lot of these things happen, and this is why you get uh, black-on-black crime, because you put a bunch of people in the same area that it's hard for them to get a job now. They got drugs ready available around them all the time, Mm -hmm. and they can't let their family starve. Some of these men have families. Yeah. They need need to eat. So what are they going to do? Peddle the drugs on the street in any kind of way. And it's wrong still that be that as make because they still poison that community. But, but they don't have the boats or the planes to ship the drugs in. in here, so yeah. who put it in there? That's for you to understand yeah. and decide. And that's what and it goes back to the whole comparison of the black on black crime with police brutality. Hmm. Now the police brutality now, we've seen it. it it's not any gang members that's getting killed by the cops. Yes, it is. It's some of them probably. M- most of them are just regular black folks, young women, that's not part of it, are getting shot down by the police officers as well. Injusticely and innocently. Not only that, but average everyday working class citizens, yes. black citizens that just get up and go to work every day and try and provide for their families are getting killed as well as with this well. police brutality. And that's one of the things. Even little kids, little boys are getting killed with police brutality. Yeah, it doesn't right. matter. It doesn't matter what walk of life you're from in the black and brown community. It's a target on your back. And it's kind of scary to have children yes. in this day and time. Yes. You know, it was always scary. Mm-hmm. But it was a period, I want to say, and more likely in the 90s, when it was a little bit more calm in our minds. We felt like it was a little bit more safer. And now with these 2020s and 2010s on up, you know, ever since this police brutality has been on exacerbated rise, and on the rise... It's like it's scary. It's getting it's getting out of control, and um, I think legislation or or some type of policies need to be passed to punish these officers that are doing this common sense or nonsensical killings that are happening to everyday good citizens or kids or whatever, and them police slamming these kids on the ground. These uh, you seen the video of them? A fourteen year old, yeah, fourteen year old gets slammed on the ground by the police. All stuff like that. These police need to be punished. Dock their pension. Anytime when you want somebody to do something, you hit them in the pockets. Yes. That's the only time somebody's going to do something that you want them to do. Stew the hell out of them, too. Mm-hmm. That's the only way. Only way. They, suing them is only going to do so much because the department's going to take that hit. I'm talking about the police officers in general. If you get them in the pensions, if they have to pay out of pensions, or if they have to settle these lawsuits with these families with their pensions as well. Yeah. Then guess what? It's going to be a lot less police brutality. Oh, yeah. I understand that 
but they have a job to do. Okay, but at the same time, they swore to protect and serve these communities. Okay, True. you can't be afraid of protecting and serving the communities. If you putting your life on the line every day, like you say you is, then put it on the fucking line and stop being afraid and using that as an excuse to kill young black men and women and children. Mr. Blicky got the stiffy because it gets iffy. Is out now. He's snitching on everybody, and shit is getting tricky. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, what can I say about six nine? What can I say about people being upset about six nine, getting all of the views and signing the ten million dollar deal and all of the shit that he's doing? You all created this fucking monster. You all created him by giving him views, by listening to his music, by paying him any attention. Anytime when you give clown shit attention, you give it energy. And energy equals income. Because money, currency, is nothing but energy. All right? And in today's streaming world, all he got to do is get your view, and he has just used you. All he got to do is get your click to play his music, and he gets your stream, and he just used you. If he can't get none of that, then guess what? He doesn't exist to you and he will go into obscurity. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? But um, like I said, people just keep feeding the beast and understand the be- I understand why. I understand your curiosity. I understand why you feed this beast. It's because according to the old era of hip hop, the old rules were um, gangster shit, no snitches. Snitches get stitches, okay? If you ain't bought that life, don't talk about it like you bought that life. It was this hard persona that everybody took on because they was actually supposed to be from the streets. So if you wasn't from the streets, niggas gonna pull your card all the time and chin check you, okay? But that ain't the culture that we live in nowadays. What what, what we talked about earlier with the police brutality, the, the, uh, the systematic oppression, it has taken its toll on the black community and it has made big gangsters get locked up. Yeah. A lot of these big gangsters from that era when they was doing shit for real, it's all locked up and in prison. Big the big meaches and all of that, they gone for the rest of their life. Yeah. So that's the reason why these guys like this, these rats or these spineless cowards are on the streets. They're feeling like they running shit. And the thing about 6ix9ine is he's been a bitch from day one and everybody knew it. Think about it. The First of all, he's cult- he culturally appropriated black culture and music with the hip hop. All right, because he switching, he 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 joined up with a gang, and I'm not saying that all white or black or or, or whoever, whatever background you're from, if you join a gang that you know you're culturally appropriating, because like I said earlier, that a lot of these gangs, these big uh, urban gangs. Will let anybody in from that culture as long as you from that neighborhood. Yeah, as long as you down. As long as you down, they'll let you in. You know what I mean? So it's not necessarily your fault; it's their fault for not being a gatekeeper of the shit and doing shit accordingly. Yeah. You see, I pointed out the difference to you earlier with Italian mafias and whatnot. They would just use you if you wasn't a part of the family. You had you could only get into it by blood. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? And that was important to them. That was imperative to them. And that's the difference between their organized crime cultures and syndicates to urban uh, crime organizations. Mm-hmm. You let almost anybody in. And that's when you get 6 9 You know what I mean? You let the uh, 
roaches in with the rats. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's ridiculous. And this is the type of shit that happened. But yet and still, the the real thing about it is 6ix9ine snitched on his homies, all right? Be that as it may. But you got to appreciate his honesty for telling the truth about him being a snitch. Yeah. But doesn't mean that you got to like it. Nope. That's a spineless, coward way to go about it because supposedly... He knew what he signed up for. But y'all know it's no honor among thieves. And anytime when you're in the streets and you're involved in some shit like that, I know all of these people that cap online, talk about what they would do and they wouldn't never snitch, don't they? All them motherfuckers would definitely do it. All of them motherfuckers would definitely do it. But be that aside, Mm. if you, what makes you honorable is you not being that one that would definitely do it. You yeah. being that that one of one or that one that's cut from a different cloth that you're going to stand on your G-code. You're going to stand on your honor. Okay? And he's not honorable. No, he's not. He's just honest. Okay? What do you have to say about Takashi 6 9 and his issues that he's going through or and him getting released? I really got nothing to say. Oh, you don't got nothing to say? Mm-hmm. All right, well... Um, yeah, well, Snoop Dogg has something to say, and uh, six, uh, Takashi Six Nine has brought up his past in the question about how he snitched. He even played a video from Suge Knight, Snoop Dogg's former manager, uh, and basically Suge Knight was talking about Snoop Dogg unfavorably, saying that he was a snitch, saying that he beat all of these weed cases and murder cases and all of that because he was snitching, and it was basically Six Nine trolling Snoop Dogg. But at the same time, um, Snoop Dogg, he was too old to even say anything. Snoop Dogg lost credibility with me with the whole um, funky dog hair bitch shit that he called Gail whatever her name is. Gail King. And then retracted back his comments because he was so mad about the Kobe shit. Snoop Dogg needs to learn this. If you can't stand on this shit, if you you old now and your time is gone, old niggas need to recognize their time is gone for chin-checking young niggas because the young niggas don't respect your era. That should have been prevalent to you with all the other artists in the game. Facts. When Snoop Dogg spoke out about the Migos, everybody chin-checked Snoop Dogg and came for his neck. This is not a person that's supposed to be a crip, a real deal crip from the set twisting up fingers. Do you think that anybody could check Nipsey like that? That's why a lot of people respected him. Do you think any one of them rappers, if he said something and he meant that shit, they were going to come to him and check him? He just wouldn't. Nah, Nipsey wasn't coming from a different era. He came from this era. The difference is he was real. He was young. He was on a level and he was still into that street shit. He was still ready to ride. That's the, a lot of people be thinking. A lot of people be on their ones and twos and their P's and Q's like, they like, okay, this motherfucker a threat. Like I was just in the in the store today getting getting a drink, and I told hey, no. you, yeah. And there's a little, it was a, a little guy, a little short guy, but he's a grown man. Yeah, you know, he seen me, and he's uh, and they playing Jeezy music in the store, and he he walk up singing the Jeezy music loud and looking up looking up at me, saying, "Oh damn, you about to dunk on me or something like that." Like I'm looking at him, I'm like. um, why do the little guys always got something slick to say? Why do they always, why do they always try to find the biggest dude in the room and start an argument with him? Ego it's trip. It's it's not just that they show. Ego trip, bro. It's it's Ego trip, bro. Yeah. Some people have the psychology that when it hits the fan and when it gets to that level, they're gonna call the police or they're gonna tell the police. Mm-hmm. And say for instance, if he just looked at me wrong and I just slapped the shit out of him and I and I say let's fight, he's gonna be like. 
I'm gonna get a gun. I'm gonna get my gun. Oh yeah. I seen a comment online the other day where this dude with one leg in a wheelchair beat this other grown ass man up. Yeah, oh, he fucked his ass up. <laughs> and the guys in the comment section talking about some, oh, that would have been the last day, his last Sunday. The dude has one leg in the wheelchair. He's obviously at a disadvantage. If he beats if he beats your ass, you need to blow your own brains out. Talking about that's gonna be his last Sunday. It just shows, it just goes to show you a lot of these young niggas is pussy. They can't fight, so they talk about their guns. All right. That's what a lot of them do. And that's where you breed it. That's where all of this rats and roaches came in at. That's where these six nines came in at. Yeah, and you know, um, hopefully Bobby Schmurter get out and he kind of balances out the game. Hopefully, because he's the he was the guy known for not snitching and taking an extra year for his homeboy. So I just hope that he come out and balance the game. But my suggestion to people, if you're tired of hearing about 6ix9ine, stop clicking anything with his name on it. Stop watching his videos. Stop listening to his music because you're only supporting it and feeding into it. I understand your curiosity and your interest with it. But you see, it's not just the adults, bro. It's basically the freaking young, um, young generation. Mm-hmm. See, 6ix9ine... Caters to the young kids, mm-hmm. so when young kids watching his video, it, it, it's, it's going to keep going, and it, and it, and it's only the adults or the parents of the kids that's watching the videos. We want to put a stop to it. Well, that brings up a bigger issue because the children mm-hmm. are the future, and they, what they're going to do is they're going to do a culture change. Yes. snitching is going to be cool, cool because of this type of behavior, and that's what's going to fuck up the whole goddamn culture. Well, you that, can't expect that, these kids to become. All of a sudden, flip the switch and say, oh, oh, my God, snitching is not cool anymore. It's not gangster. Swiss Beats launched something called Versus. It's basically putting artists against other artists in hypothetical battles of their music. All right. And so far they had RZA versus DJ Premier. That was a good one. I saw that. Swiss Beats versus Timberland. Haven't saw that. Got to watch it. T-Pain versus Little John. Little John wiped the floor with T-Pain, but T-Pain had some bangers I forgot about. Babyface versus Teddy Riley. All of the big uh, R&B fans, you missed out if you didn't see that one, but I'm not a big R&B fan, so I didn't watch it. Neil versus Austin, Jonathan Austin, or whatever the hell his name is. Like I said, I'm an R&B guy. Boy Wonder versus Hit Boy. Don't care about that either. Manny Fresh versus Sky Storch. Now that one's subjective. If you like down south hip hop, you would say Manny Fresh one. But if you like hip hop overall, you're gonna say Sky Storch one because he has bangers with people like Dr. Dre that he made. So. And- um, Fat Joe and Fat Joe, all, all types of bangers. Uh, you got Frenchy Montana versus Tory Lanez. That was a good battle. That was very even. Dream versus Sean Garrett. I didn't even know who the fuck Sean Garrett was until loving hip hop. Speaking about versus battles, we had our own versus battle the other day with Sherrod and Richard. It was um, it was a uh, <laughs> reggae and hip hop. Okay. Oh, shit. Sherrod, who won the reggae battle again? Was it you or, or Sherrod? I think it was Sherrod won the reggae battle, right? Mm-hmm. Sherrod won the reggae battle because he had new, more older classic hits. And Rashad was Mr. He went to his cheat sheet. He went to his phone. And um, he pulled out a, a few hits out of nowhere. 
Then we went on to the hip hop, and y'all tell me something because I was in the hip hop one. Y'all tell me if um, California Love is better than Still Dre. All right, y'all have to listen to it. Listen to it and tell me which one will you hear you're going to listen to from top to bottom and sing the words. I don't know. I like them both, well, but at the well, same time, see, I felt still see, Drake. Uh, see, see, Joe, let me tell you something, bro. You understand, we have a classic California love. Mm-hmm. It's classic. Everybody mm-hmm. and their aunties and sisters and uncles and mama and daddies sung California love. But anybody in their mamas and sisters and aunties would know nothing but a G thing and still Dre too. Yeah, but it, it, I'm just saying we're talking about the '90s era, and it's the same era. It, well, no, not, but G thing was in the '80s, bro. But what about uh, you sure? Yes, you sure? 1986, nothing but G thing came out, bro. But what about still Dre? Still Dre came out 2000, 2004, 2002, or 2000, one in the 2000s era. In the 2000 era, bro, 95 was California Love. 95. You sure? Mm-hmm. Nothing but a G thing released in 1992. Give me my fucking neck, motherfucker. That was a year. <laughs> 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 Where the hell you be getting this shit, bro? Whoa, fuck, wrong one. Uh-huh. Y'all see about? <laughs> Where the hell do you oh, get shit. this from, bro? Like I told you. And uh, Steel Dre came out in 1999. Give me another one, nigga. I told you I was living in that time. How the fuck you gonna tell me when something came out? 1999. It's an album, 2000. The album is titled 2001. Oh, shit. Ooh, that fucked his head up so bad. You could tell a motherfucker who grew up with hip hop and a motherfucker who listened to it when he got older. Okay? Little key, little fact that it's like that will fuck you up. I'm telling you. You wouldn't know it unless you really, really listened to it what time it came out. I know I was still legit, and I know it was still the 90s when I was listening to this music, just like California Love, okay? But it's subjective. Like I say, Tupac's my favorite artist of all time, so it's hard for me to even argue that Dr. Dre's music, still those songs are better, but at the same time, can I listen to California Love over and over and get tired? Yeah, can I listen to Still Dre and never get tired? No, because the piano... The, that doom, 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 that piano kind of is soothing. You know what I mean? The beat sounds better, even though it's made. Both of them was produced by Dr. Dre, but still, Dre just sound better sonically to me. So, 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 so more classic, still, Dre or Nickem Soldier? Nate Dogs, Nate Dogs hook, Nate Dogs hook. It's just like California Love. Mm. California Love's lyric was iconic. And when it comes to the lyrics, sonically, lyrically, it was up there. Mm. You know, because you can sing along, you remember the words. The words are most memorable. But when it comes to the way the production sound and how it sound in your ears, it wasn't as, as good as Still Dre. That's what I'm saying. Um, next episode, if you think about it, ding, ding. Dun, dun, dun. Like you can sing along, you remember the beat, you remember the lyrics, but at the same time, the thing that caught your mind and caught your attention and would make you remember it forever was that hold up, hey, and that's what I'm saying. Everybody knows it for that. What about na 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 na? 
It's the motherfucking DLW G Snoop Dogg. Yeah, but no, you're not gonna remember all of the lyrics. Like I say, you the things that I'm pointing out what's gonna make you remember the shit, or the things that slap in your mind is like what makes it so great. But anyways, that's a that's aside from the point. It's like a lot of the music that we were playing when it came to hip hop. Like I said, we was trying to go for at first what was the best, and then we went on down to what sounded good for that mood at that moment in time. And after that, that battle was over, thanks to Chelsea. But anyways, thank you, Chelsea, for that. You don't remember? You made us switch up what we was doing, the grading format. Because you playing this granddaddy music, man. But granddaddy music? Why do you feel like 90s hip-hop is granddaddy music, well, Chelsea? Was going too deep off the, the, the bandwagon, man. I, did, I couldn't, like, some of these people, I didn't even know who they were. Okay. And then, therein lies the difference within the eras of music, sports, and everything. It's kind of boring because now, nowadays these children don't know who these people are. Yeah, they didn't grow up with him. When daddy music, man. You see what I'm saying? You understand those, um, Chelsea? If you think about it, though, it wasn't for those grand music, bro. That what that was playing this song. I want to say, um, the the what he was doing some kind of kung fu stuff in this thing he had on his jersey. Um, yeah, new flavor. I didn't even know who that was. Craig Mack? Craig yes, Mack. I didn't even know who that was. Oh. And then you played somebody who was another person, and I was like, uh-uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna take it a little bit, rewind it. Because, bit, like I say, like I say, you didn't grow up in that era. If you grew up in that era, when you hear those songs, they automatically hit, oh, I remember this shit. You remember a time in your childhood, or in yeah. your young adolescent, your adulthood, or whatever. However old you were when it was playing, you remember. He was taking it way back. Well, shit, I was born in 89. What you was that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes I can go back to, like, I, my, my mom and father music because they used to listen to it all the time. That was a part of my childhood, listening to 70s and 80s and 60s music. Yeah. Sometimes. Not 60s, Not a lot. 60s but yeah. a lot of 70s and 80s oh, music. Yeah. A lot of Ronald Isley, <laughs> Earth, Wind & Fire, Sade, a lot of these artists... Prince and all of that we was listening to the first major artist that I ever heard was MC Hammer can't touch this mm, 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 mm. and too legit to quit this <laughs> is too legit to quit and to go along with which everybody know Michael Michael Jackson everybody knew Michael Jackson he was the big one he was the mega star he was the Tupac Oh, you know what I'm saying? Bigger than Tupac or bigger than Biggie. He was the yeah, he was, greatest artist of all he time. On, he could probably be the greatest artist of all, all oh, time. Oh, yeah. Tupac was like, I mean, I'm sorry. Michael Jackson was on a whole different scale of artistry and music. His music was off the chart, bro. Yeah. Every fucking album sold was over $10 million copies. Like $10 million. So he was, he was not your average fucking artist, bro. Michael Jackson was the dot of artistry. Like, music was Michael Jackson thing. And I, and I really appreciated him growing up because he was from my childhood because of a lot of, of my um, music videos to watch growing up in the 90s. It was him in it. And a lot of games I used to play, there was a freaking game on Nintendo, Super Nintendo called Michael Jackson Moonwalk. I had the game. So a lot of his things of Michael Jackson really took impact on me when I was a child growing up. Mm-hmm. And his music 
for to me forever be the greatest mm-hmm. I've ever listened to, and I still listen to it to this day. Mm-hmm. In 2020, I can bump Michael Jackson, and without no shame, bro, mm-hmm. I I'll crank that bitch up with my fucking whip. And, and blast that shit out my window. All right, all right, we don't. All right, all right, all right, we get it, we get it, we get. It. You love Michael Jackson. Um, <laughs> what we're gonna get to now is we're gonna because this this makes me think of something that made me bring up, you know, a thought in my mind or a challenge to people. Good passes. What is in your mind the top five solo artists and the top five groups in music of all time in music? Yeah. Oh, she had had some time to prepare that. Well, you can prepare. You you all can prepare yours and let me know on the next episode if you got time. I got mine. But sit down and think about it. What's yours? I want to show my top five solo artists is number one, like I just said, Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. Number two, Notorious B.I.G. Number three. It can be any category. Music. Any, any music. Number three. Music. Music. Number three. Bob Marley. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to say Bob Marley because he's with the Whalers, so I'm going to take that off. That's a group. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go back and say number three. Tupac. I, I like his music, too. Number four. I'm going to go in with Drake. And number five. K-Dot. Kendrick Lamar. Solo artist. Okay. Solo artist. K-Dot. It's number five. Okay. Okay, my group artist will be number one, Outkast. Mm-hmm. Number two, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Mm-hmm. Number three, Jackson Five. Mm-hmm. Number four, mm-hmm. oh, shit, this, it varies, but I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna have to go with the Whispers. And number and, and number five now. Mm-hmm. Bob Marley and the Whalers. Okay. This guy's an idiot. Nobody listened to him. Um, best solo artist of all time. Wait, did you say my first? That's my. Yeah, yeah. That's me. Your list is stupid. Your list is stupid. Wow. Wow. Why wow. did you have to be stupid? It's stupid. But Joe, you, you asked Because Bob Marley's opinion. a solo artist. He's not no, a group artist. No, it's a group. Was a part of it's a group. Bob Marley and the Whalers. He was part of a group. Google your fucking thing. It's Bob Marley and the Whalers. His whole life. His whole life. He never released a solo album. Never. Oh. No. He was with a group called Whalers. Strong. Please tell Bob Marley was never a solo artist. Whalers to me is the bad. Thank you. It's a group, right? They're not singing. He's the one that's... They used to be at him. Can you be a... The There's the background singers, Rashad. That's not his. Right. That's not him. But it always it's, 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 Bob Marley and the Whalers. It no, is. it don't always say Bob Marley and the Whalers. It says Bob Marley always. He made tracks before he even had it. song by and the Whalers. Sometimes they put and the Whalers. Sometimes they just oh. put Bob Marley. They the background singers. They the band. That's what I'm saying. Um. But I mean, I guess you could consider them a group. I guess you can consider them a group. It just still like, doesn't just like Gladys Knight and the Pip. Yeah, you, it still doesn't take away from the fact that you put K Dot and Drake in the top five list of all time when it comes to music. Right. Well, see, wait, hold on. Drake is on top five though. No, he not. Drake is on top five, man. No, he not. It's his, 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 man. No, he's not. That's so artist. No, he's not. Who the fuck is that, Joe? No, he is not. Who's the Lamar. No, he's not. This is this is this is Joe. This is my opinion. Yep. That's my opinion. And it's a stupid so why opinion. Is, to why have. why did it be a stupid opinion? Nobody got no stupid opinion. Okay. It's my opinion. Oh, my guy. Exactly. Luther. Never too much. I ain't listen. 
I ain't listen. I, I felt a little bit, but I'm, I'm going off of what I feel. So whatever happened to Brian McKnight? You used to love Brian McKnight. Mm-hmm. But hold on. What about I'm talking about greatest man. What greatest now? Brian McKnight is great. So many genres. I'm talking about so many so genres. So 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 street. Okay, so Drake. And he it's picked R and B. He picks R and B. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! What about um that group? Shit, is that group again? Boys the Men. Not Boys the Men. Before them, you know who I'm talking about. Oh, oh about New Edition. edition. Yeah. What about New Edition? No, they, they were hot. They were hot, but Jesse they dropped off. They fell apart. Okay. They fell apart. You ready for my list? Or enough arguing, enough arguing. Joe, you want to get prepared for that shit. This is I, 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 can I use my phone like he used it for the verses? <laughs> 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 hey, came back to back bomb, didn't it? Hold on, you see it? This, you see it? Oh, this is not your opinion. This is not your opinion. Though. I'm just using it to pour the names. <laughs> this is not your opinion. My two hands up. This is not your opinion. <laughs> Up for that one later on. Oh, I was like, that. Remember what I was telling him? Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Let him use his phone. Let him use his phone. <laughs> it's not the same, Joe. Oh, God. I'm not looking for Joe. Oh, my you're God. You're going to look for opinions, Joe? Oh, you don't have to use my five opinion of artists, dog. Rishad. Rishad. My five opinion for um, All right. group. I get my five for each. All right. All right. Listen, I was oh, just going. Bro. I was just going to get all my names together, all right? Yeah, okay. I got to tell you. I fucked him up, though. They fucked him up, though. That boy was mad. I was coming off the top of my head and you was saying. All right, listen, listen. Top five solo. Top five solo artists of all time in my book. Number one, Michael Jackson. Number two, Tupac. Number three, Biggie Smalls. Number four, Whitney Houston. You forgot about her, didn't you? Look at your opinion. It's your opinion, Joe. But no, no, no. It's not. But my opinion has facts behind it, too. So Drake doesn't have facts behind it, Joe? Okay. Yeah, he do. He was okay, going to so be, he was going to be, he was going to be number five, not number four, doofus. He's number five. Because he's in the newer era. For y'all. For, for us. And even then, even then, even then, like I say, that's only because he keeps putting out hits. And Drake got my, hits at the hits. My top five. Hold on, let me go to groups. Let me go to groups. Hold on, let me throw my art, my top five Wait. solo in there. All right, come over here. Why the hell are you all the way over there trying to give a top five? My top five, number one, MJ. Gotta be MJ. Number two, we talking about Ice Cube. You feel me? Number three, we go ahead with Big Smalls, Big E Smalls. You feel me? Number four, we hitting it with the pop. And it's go, the fifth one going to be a shocker. You feel me? Because a lot of Who that, was number four again? Number four was Pop for me. Pop? Yeah. Oh, okay. I bet you said Pop. I'm going to say what? Ooh. I was just going to say Pop Smalls. Fuck you, bro. <laughs> All right, all right, who's number, who's number five? Number five is going to be a shocker for y'all. I thought that was a shocker. But for me, I'm a, I can't I can't leave my white boy out. Eminem. Big M. Okay. I, I get you. I get you. I understand. All right, my top five groups of all time, number one. You ready? All right. I was going to say this with this or with, with or without this, though. The Beatles. I knew it already, though. Number two, my preference personally is Outcast. Number two, as a group. Um, then after that, I have to go 
go for what I know when it comes to it. Um, Earth, Wind, and Fire, number three. Number four, ACDC, number five. I got to make sure I give it to the right person. Fuck that. I'm going to put whoever I grew up with. Casey and JoJo. Jodeci. Jodeci. I had to put Jodeci. I had to. I had to. Jodeci. Now, do you know what the fuck I meant? Casey and JoJo and Jodeci. You know what I meant. Jodeci was one of them groups that I grew up with. My personal preference. Really, I would put them over ACDC, but ACDC was a bigger rock and roll group. So, you got to put them over there. So, my top five group, my top five group come down to this in any order. I don't have a specific order for them. I just know I listen to them. So, for one, the one and only, you feel me? Run DMC. Of course. Got to be enough. Try Run DMC. Number two, the Fat Boys. Trying to little old school shit, okay. bro. The old school shit. The shit. Go ahead. The fat boy. Yeah. What? Trying to little Go Number three, we got the dog pound. Mm-hmm. Number four, we got NWA. Sure, huh? It's all right. And number five. Man, back, and number five, we got boys to men. He made me replace one of the motherfuckers <laughs> on my list. Fuck ACDC. <laughs> number four is going to NWA. <laughs> 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 I just forgot. I completely forgot about NWA. How did you forget NWA? My bad. <laughs> There's been another episode of the Crash Culture Podcast Show, season two, episode one. Uh, tune back in later on in the week, and I might put out another one. We'll see.